I need my gun. I told you that my daughter needed me. And now she's feeding. Damn it, she needs some medication to keep her condition under control. No. Let me go. I'm sorry. I can't do that. No. 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 We're gonna go for a joyride. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter Death's waiting room if you dare. And welcome to Strange Highways, I am Paul. And hey guys, it's Terry here. And I hope you enjoyed our conversation last week about uh, time. Time's up or time? Yeah, time, no, time out. Uh, time t- out. Yeah, yeah time, whatever. Time something. And uh, the the things that are all Oakwood's past. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. Uh, it was a lot of fun. But here we are now. Um, also, we hope you had a a fun uh, Halloween. Um, Hope you ate the appropriate amount of candy or an inappropriate amount of candy, depending upon what you were seeking to do. I hope that you watched some cool <laughs> movies. I don't know. Like some people, yeah, be like, whatever you plan on, good I, on you. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, if it's like, hey, you know, I'm going to just eat Kit Kats until I can't feel feelings anymore. Well, not, that's the one day that no one's going to look at you twice doing it um, versus just being an adult. And you could do that every day, but I don't think that's a good long term solution. Right. Um, and yeah. if you like candy corn, don't let anybody get, get you down. <sighs> There's a lot of garbage candy out in the world, and that's one of them. But anyway, so I hope you had a good Halloween without candy corn. Uh, I, I know Terry likes candy corn, so he can have all of it. Mail all uneaten candy corn to Terry. We'll get a P.O. box or even partially eaten candy corn because you really can't tell the difference. Right. I, th- I think it's going to be like that, Twinkies and roaches peeps. When, and, 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 and peeps. Marshmallow when, peeps, yeah. And when the, the apocalypse happens, yeah. So what you're saying is you have good eatings. Yeah. <laughs> 3,000 years after this civilization is dead. Terry's uh, going to be one uh, preservative, yep. and that's fine. You know, it'll be out there. I'm going to pickle myself from the inside <laughs> yeah. with candy corn. Um, so, all right. So what we're going to get to here is the last episode of season three of Creep Show. It's episode six, so this is going to be it for the season, um, which I wish they kind of, well, I mean, it did come out before Halloween, so I guess we're the ones that are late covering it just because of our schedule. So, you know, bad on us, but this is a, this is our, uh, su- like, our post-Halloween episode. So, anyway. Uh, it is uh, drug traffic and a dead girl named Sue. Um, let's just get into it. Like, Terry, what do we got? All right, so uh, the first story we get here is uh, drug traffic. Uh, is directed by Greg Nicotero. He's back again. Um, go visit, what, was it the first episode that he directed as well? Yeah, I mean, we talked about him. I think we did mention, did, he directed the second segment of the first, of, he directed Queen Bee, the first episode yes. of season three. Yeah, the second yeah, segment. So uh, go back to that uh, episode, check out our discussion on him. We went pretty in-depth about Mr. Nick Taro. So. And then next here we have uh, two writers mm-hmm. credited for this, uh, Christopher Larson. Um, I, seven credits to to his name. I, I wasn't familiar with any of them. Uh, not to discourage that person and their and their 
filmography. But um, and then uh, the story is also credited by uh, Matty Matty Do. Yeah. So I I did a little di- bit of digging trying to figure out what was up. Because especially since we're going to be dealing with a film that um, there's a mother daughter relationship here that they are American citizens, but they like you know we we don't know if they're natural born or they you know they immigrated like they but they are they are um, you know minorities right so um, Christopher Larson did do a few films you're right one of the ones he had did he wrote a film it was a ghost story so he's done some horror stuff he did another one um, that was science fiction but here's the one that I looked it up it's called uh, Shanthali. Um, it's here's here's the story. A sickly, sickly young woman experiences visions of her dead mother. She struggles to determine if the apparition is simply a side effect of her daily medication, or her mother actually reaching out to her from beyond the grave. Uh, that sounds pretty cool. Um, and so um, Maddie Dew, who co-wrote this with Christopher Larson, actually uh, directed Shanthali and was part of the makeup department. So they've had a working relationship together. Um, doing other things. And, they, and I, and I think one of the movies specifically mentioned someone being Laotian, another one being, um, Oh, Oh, like Indian or Pakistani. I know that I know there's a difference there. So I forget off the top of my head though. So there, like there is this part of Asia that they have written to, um, specifically. So I thought in light of what we're going to talk about in terms of just like, you know, like it, the, this episode, like we'll get into it. There's some, there's some, um, some elements to it, but I was just trying to figure out, uh, why they were brought to the table other than being, you know, like professionals. And that's, that's the best I could figure out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then it's as far as uh, her, uh, Mrs. Do or Miss Do, um, her, oh, this is her only credit. W- wife of Mr. Do the original yeah. video game. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so into our cast we go, um, I have Michael Roker first for our credits here. Michael Roker is, he has been all over the place. Um, people might know him more recently from the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy series as uh, Yandu. Um, he was also in uh, Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer. He, he, I mean, tons of credits for this gentleman. Uh, Walking Dead for mm-hmm. about three seasons, I believe. Wonderful gentleman. Uh, got to meet him. He plays um, Bu? Bo. Bo? Bo? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's like a security guard type uh, border patrol guy in this. And then um, next here we have a uh, re- oh we, we, with Michael Walker though just real quick I got oh. I got two things one um, he was also in uh, Slither which is a yes. fun a fun horror film um, the, which K and B did the makeup for that too okay so. well that makes sense. Um, uh, it's just like, hey, can we make Michael Rooker just look weirder and weirder? And they're like, well, okay, well, half of it will just be him, and then the half of it will be the makeup. No, I'm kidding. Uh, when he came to uh, Cleveland Wizard World a few years ago, um, he was he was all over the place, like talking to people, and he'd be walking along talking to fans. And at one point, a buddy and I were walking along the the, the hall, like the like the main convention area, and we hear him get onto the PA. And it's, his voice is very distinct. He made it a point to sing "Happy Birthday" to somebody. It's like. It was really, really funny, but it's like, is, is hearing happy birthday from Michael Rooker, is that is that a good sign or an omen? Like, you just <laughs> never you never know, right? But he seems like a, generally just a nice, appreciative guy. And, like, yeah, I, I didn't realize this was him. Like, I you know, I didn't look ahead at the cast, so when I see him show up, I, you know, I was like, oh, this is going to be a lot of fun because this is, like, like, this is in his wheelhouse. He's a kick-ass dude. I mean, I like I said, I, I got to meet him. He's a good, just a wonderful human being, and... I, I really enjoyed meeting him. So if anybody ever gets a chance, check him out because he wants to hang out and drink beer with you. So he's, he's okay, a lot well, I'm of fun. In. I'm yeah, in. Yeah. yeah. He's Mary Poppins, y'all. So. Yeah. yeah. So, and then next here we have uh, Reed Scott. 
He plays Congress, Congressman Evans Miller, Evan Miller. Um, and he was more recently in uh, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. And then uh, 65 episodes of a show called Veep. Yeah, Veep. I've, it's it's the it's a political satire that was on HBO that had uh, Julie Lee's Dreyfus, Tony Hale. Um, it, it, everything I've read about it is, sounds like it's amazing. I just haven't sat down and watched it. So. Yeah, I figured that was befitting since he plays a congressman in this, and mm-hmm. you know that's a show about you know pull up. Po- I thought I, I thought I recognized stuff. him, but his stuff I didn't like. I've not seen Veep, so there's a there's a lot here that um, that he did that I was not a, aware of, familiar with. Yeah. So and then next here we have uh, Sarah John. Uh, she plays my. Uh, eight credits, mm-hmm. uh, young actress. Uh, she's probably got about a bunch in the fire here, but I didn't re- recognize any of those credits. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, the last credit I have here is, uh, my de Lapa. De, de, yeah, I think that, uh, de Lapa, I think that's the right way to say that. Yeah. Uh, she plays the mother of Mai, and, uh, six credits to her, uh, IMDb that I saw. And that I didn't, wasn't familiar with any yeah, of that. The either. only thing of hers I saw, again, something I've not seen. Like, I love how, like, being a podcaster and a content creator, means that supposedly I absorb a bunch of media. It's like, no, my media is very specific now. So I'm just like, I've heard of it. Like, unless I'm doing a podcast about it, I may not see it. Uh, there was that, um, Apple, Apple TV limited series, uh, with, um, Oh, uh, you know, Captain America. Um, you know, Chris Evans, Chris Evans. He's in it. It's called uh, defending Jacob. So she was in that. I don't oh, know okay. what role, but, um, yeah. So again, like we've talked about a lot here with some of the creep show stuff that, you know, you get like you get like your one big name like per segment, kinda. You know, uh, and then you kind of have some people that are up and coming, and that's just kind of the way it is, which is fine. You know, people got to start somewhere, so yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so yeah, like I said, uh, that's all the uh, credits for cast I have. So uh, into our story, and uh, we start off with a political commercial, and we see uh, Evan Miller talking about some issues and how he's uh, up for election, and uh, you know how we got we got to take these changes. And we got to take him to to you know to Washington and that uh, you know vote me. Yeah. yeah, his big thing is he he believes that um like his his position is that people are going across the border to buy uh, medication in Canada whenever because prescription drug prices are too high in America. So he's like, you know, healthcare is a right. All you know these things that are like you know all all things that I you know, I would agree with as well, honestly. Uh, but that's his platform and that's his commercial and um and then yeah that's we see that commercial fade into the border patrol station. That is on the the border of uh, Canada and America, and that's where we see Rooker sweeping um, the floor, Getting ready to close up shop. Yeah, I just like that. Like he takes his uh, his push broom and the, he he sees it with all the trash. He pushes it across the borderline from USA into Canada. Like I don't know if that's his last. Like <laughs> you take that Canada, but it was like it was like. <laughs> um, yeah, so he sees like the bus pulling up, but well, actually, before the bus pulls up, this is a reference that I like. Uh, when he goes and reaches for a, uh, a beer out of the mini fridge, yeah, you know, no one else is in the in the facility, so he goes over to his little mini fridge that's underneath the, his desk, and he pulls out a chief wooden head logger. Yeah, uh, which reference to Creepshow Two, uh, old chief Woodenhead. Um, and like I was like, that's you know that there, there you go that that's Subtlety. your that's your canamites like like thing that you get you get that reference right. So that's I don't need like glaringly like I, that's a fun thing like the, the um the rye whiskey yeah that we saw earlier in actually episode one of the season right so mm-hmm. that that's fine i like that yeah it's simple and it's done and yeah there there no go. more references Move slapped on. in your face yeah there you go done. so um so yeah uh uh 
what is his name again in this? Bo. Bo. Yeah. Okay. That, if you want that, to call him Michael Rooker, because I think he might just be a border patrol guard. Like, you know, like, <laughs> it's who knows, right? So uh, Bo, he, he sees the bus pull up, and it is a big to-do because, you know, uh, the congressman gets out with all his people. There's uh, there's cameras. They're, they've set up a little pedestal or whatever, mm-hmm. and he has to make a speech to all these people. Just, it, it, I mean, all the good shots you need. You know, here we're sitting on the border. These people are getting the medication they need, but they shouldn't be doing that because we should have reformed health care and get people the medication they need in the States. So it's a big to-do. So we're making the uh, um, the trek into the yeah, border we, patrol. Yeah, when we see him doing his spot, that's when we start seeing some of the other uh, constituents there. And that's when we see my and her mother there. And as they're kind of waiting outside, we hear like, like my has a case. I wrote my notes of the bubble guts. They just hear like the, like, yeah. you know, like usually whenever you have that happening, nothing good comes of it ever. Yeah. Like I'm not talking from horror. I'm talking in general, you know, like, like the, like the, <laughs> the, 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 bu- the, bu- the bubble guts are terrible, you know? So, um, I was like, already this thing's scaring me. I don't even know. Like, I like, there's no monster here. It's just like terrible indigestion. I don't just, like it. My had some Del Taco before they, they got <laughs> yeah. like, uh, oh, damn, Del Taco. Yeah. So she, you see her like looking around and the mother tries to hand her like another, like a pill, like here, this will help sell to your stomach. And you see my look at a little boy, like, and she just looks at him and then the boy's like just staring at her like, what are you like? What? Like, so we know, we know something's wrong and, and credit also to the makeup department. Um, I know when sometimes they, they show people looking ill, like you're like, Oh God, okay. I get it. They're supposed to look sick. She looks so ill that like, I, I would not want to approach her. Like the way they do like makeup on her eyes and just like that, that ugly sweat. Like it is disgusting, like real, real life disgusting. Yeah. yeah. Cause there's even another gentleman that's like nearby and he's yeah. giving like the side glance, like, Ooh, what's going on over here? And she's like, well, you know, I just got to get her fed. No, oh. She's like, she's okay. She just needs to eat. You're like, well, you know, she was looking at that boy, but anyway, so, <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's when they bring him into the, the guard station or the border patrol station. And, you know, we get, um, you know, the, the politician, like Evan being like, everybody just be a second, just be a second. And everybody's lining up to go through the process. That's where he talks to Bo and, and they have an interesting conversation because Evan is trying to get a read on him, like politically. And turns out that, uh, Bo is a lot smarter than Evan gave him credit for. And was kind of like, you know, uh, Evan was playing like, uh, checkers and, uh, Bo was playing chess. Like it was, and ro- the way Rooker plays, it was really, really good where he's like, don't quote me on this stuff. Basically like, I know my positions. Yeah. I he's, know. Cause he's trying to quote, uh, tr- uh, Charles Marx, right? Yeah. Charles Marx. Carl, yeah, Carl, no, Carl, Carl, Carl Marx, not Carl. Charles. Yeah. Yeah. Charles and Charles Marx. No, Carl Marx. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he finishes the quote, and so he's like, he, so basically Evan's like, oh, you like one of these sovereign citizen guys, or like, you know, whatever, and trying to like do, like, just he kept saying all these things, and like, you never get a true beat on Rooker's character other than like, you know, he says, I was like, I was born red, so it's like, okay, we know, we know, like, that's fine, right? Like, and he's like, and basically we find out that because of his beliefs, this is the border patrol put him up north because whatever his beliefs are, they're like, you can't be at the Southern border. We need you at Canada because you might cause problems, which I don't know if we ever get that from him here, but you get the idea that he, that he was stationed here because of his previous actions, you know? So, but I liked it at the one point where like, um, 
uh, whenever he just tells Evan, he's like, you know, when you start talking about bus not guillotines, you'll get my vote. <laughs> like Evan, Evan doesn't know what to make of him. And I thought that was actually great because he's usually going to be the two, um, like people that butt heads through, like, which causes actually a lot of the problems too, but whatever. But, but I, I like that interaction and Rooker is just amazing there. And he shuts him down. Yeah. So he, he, he shuts, uh, you know, Evan down. He tells him, Hey, you got to go through the same system here too. get your passport out and get ready to go through because you're just like everybody else here. And, uh, you know, knocks him down a peg, which yeah. is cool. And, um, but that's when Bo looks over and he sees, uh, that my, and, uh, her mother are, they, my looks very sick. Like you said, and he notices that, and he asks, and you know, like, what's what's going on here? And uh, her mother says, "No, yeah, she's fine. Don't worry about it." And that, but he sees that I don't know. She has a large bag, and he wants to pull her to the side and I, I investigate because I mean, border patrol, large bag, maybe he, he understands that these people are coming up, going up north to get medications. Like it's, right. it's you know, like again. Um, I don't know about you, but watching the segment, like you're expecting like the other shooter drop about him being terrible at his job or abusing it. And you get like hints that like you can tell by his demeanor that like, but I don't think the things he ever does are out of line. Like, I mean, you know, like he's like, ah, what's going on with that bag? Cause then like the same time, well, actually before that, the girl like may is like up, like looks sick. And then she like vomits like all those pills out. Like, cause she was handed another pill. It's blue and white. She throws up like this, this you know, looks like Windex. That's just all these pill casings. So they're not working. And that's whenever like, um, Bo is like, eh, let's see. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like what's going on here. And he looks at that large purse. That's when he starts to like, we need to see what's going on because you're throwing up pills, which, you know, he's a border patrol guard. I think, I think that's a much more valid reason for searching someone's belongings than just like randomly picking somebody, you know, if someone's vomiting pills and you have a large bag with you after handing somebody a pill, I'm going to guess there's probably more pills in that bag. That seems pretty, you know, Bo knows policy and procedure here. Bo, so. know, Bo knows pills. <laughs> so, um, Bo knows <laughs> border patrol <laughs> <laughs> and good beer. Um, Bo knows um, basketball. No, anyway, continue. Uh, yeah. Bo so, don't know basketball. I Bo knows. Hey, I'm a Raiders me. fan. Uh, oh, yes, I know. That's true. I'm so sorry. Yes, yeah, you're you. Uh, Terry knows Bo that knows football. All right. But uh, so he, he pulls he, he pulls Maya's mother over to the side. Maya is free to go through the checkpoint still, and you know he he just needs to do his job. He wants to check the bag. And he starts searching through the bag, and he's a he immediately is like, "Holy shit!" And he he apologizes, like, "I'm sorry for the profanity, but uh, this is not good here. Yeah. This is the motherload of what he probably has expected out of like running this border, the pre- prescription drugs out the wazoo." He says, "Man, this is way too much medication for one person to be bringing over. This is." an illegal amount she's like well i'm i'm also carrying uh half of it for my daughter he's like okay if you want to play that game let's do this so he takes all of the medication and splits it directly down the middle and he says you're both over now by a lot and you have some illegal pills here too that you can't have in the states it looks like an intent to distribute that's what it looks like 
So in the meantime, Evan's watching in the wings because since his, this whole thing's a political maneuver, he has his camera person there and he's like, Hey, you think this could like look, look an American citizens being, you know, harassed here. Let's see what's going on. And so he's going to use this as an angle to try to, he's like, let's go viral twice in one day or whatever. Right. So, um, so he just uses like, you know, we, we learned that Evan doesn't really give a shit about anybody. Um, like the, the, his constituents, people, you know, like this is all uh, posturing and, um, gain. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So, so then he like so they for the border like all the people waiting across the border end up in this like the darkest waiting room ever. Yeah. Um I know Bo's closing up shop, but it's like, does that mean you have to turn the lights off too? But whatever. Is this was this creep show's way of saving money? It's like, guys, you get you get the effects, you get the rooker, but you get zero lights. They're like, oh. No. This is the last episode. We got to keep it within the digits here. <laughs> yeah. No it's, lights. It's like, listen, the next segment's black and white. You guys could almost work that way too. You know, like, no. yeah, I was really curious about that. It didn't make a whole lot of sense. And you know, uh, daylight's dying outside, so it's it's going to get even darker. I think the big thing was because when we get to the monster, if you shot that in bright lights, it may for we'll talk about that. Yeah, the, like I don't know how well it would have held up in like bright lights. Um, yeah. or held up I, and I also like the security dude who keeps his sunglasses <laughs> on. I'm like Joe cool over here, yeah. you know? And I like, he has like an earpiece in, but no one else has an earpiece. So who the hell is he communicating with? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> I didn't think about that. That was yeah. a, that was kind of a fail. I don't know. Maybe have another security dude. You know, <laughs> one more. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, so then they, they, what happens? And they just take my. She takes. He takes my into, um, like, uh, uh, no, my, my the mom. mother. Mother goes into the waiting room. No, sorry, no, the the interrogation room, right? And then, uh, then Mai's also goes in with the other people, and she, you know, is she struggling? She, you know, her bubble guts are bubbling, and she she goes to goes to attack Evan's wife. And, and like, that's another thing where you see Evan being like, back off, and like, and so you see this visibly sick girl that. He immediately goes to his wife. He's like, "Are you okay? Do you need water?" It's like, "No, let's just like screw that poor girl that uh, you know that I'm I'm here to represent." And so they send somebody who just vomited all over the place, a bunch of pills. Like, by the way, this waiting room, anybody could leave. Like, what kind of border security is this? If you can just leave, yeah, doesn't make a lot of sense. And there is an there is an action that looks to be violent against the this congressman's wife and the security dude. Where's he at? Yeah. What you can't obtain this girl? Yeah. You like can't, you can't stop her. Yeah. I just, um, detain. I'd yeah. Rather. Um. It's like I don't know. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But I just what, feel like whatever. all of would have been like we we can just go right and like they just walk out like <laughs> this is all going on. But anyway, so back to to Bo and uh, Maya's mother. He's like talking to her and like the, you also get the vibe here too. He's like, just talk to me. We'll get through this. And he's he's also trying to tell her. He's like, listen. Like he's like I like how he's like. He's like, I'm sorry that this country has failed you. Like, you know, but like this can't, you know, what you what you're doing, you can't do. And and basically, he was like, at the same time, you get that he's like sympathetic to her, being like, basically saying, we're gonna sit here and talk for a minute. Then I'm gonna let you take your pills and go. Basically, to say, I know you're not what you know what people like. Why I'm supposed to stop you? Like, I, I think he understands that like she isn't trying to distribute. Your daughter's sick. You came over yeah. here to get the the yeah. prescription medication that you can't obtain in the states. That the, the the system has failed you, but this you got to play the long game and you go back home and you vote for a better candidate. Yeah, so it's like I loved all that too, where yeah. he's like, listen, like he's being, 
you know, he has his viewpoints and his own things too, but he's like, this is how I see it. But then, then Evan shows up with the camera. Cause he's also like, yeah, he can't record in a border patrol or border station, but he is. So we're going to talk for a minute. Basically he's like, I'm going to give him zero usable information here to like turn into like political points. Right. But my mother distraught, understandably so from what we find out later, she doesn't make it easy. And she actually kind of exasperates a little bit. Cause had she actually just, you know, like went with it. Um, the, I don't know. Like, I think maybe the outcome would have maybe been a smidge different. Maybe not. I mean, cause, uh, Mai's already, uh, bubble gutting all over the place trying to find food and things. So, uh, that's when we break away from this scene for a second and we see, uh, Mai, she's, Searching around, looking through drawers, trying to find something to eat, and she finds a vending machine. Yeah. And she pumps a few quarters into it and tries to get whatever she can out of it. It looks like it's shut down, whatever. She doesn't get anything out of it. And she makes her way back to the lobby area, and that's when she finds the little refrigerator. And when she looks in there, all she sees is the, the cheap beer. wooden head yeah. beer. It's like, well, that's not going <laughs> to no. tame the beast. No. Uh, so, <laughs> And then she, like, collapses to the floor and she starts uh, screaming out in pain. Yeah. And that's when we can assume something is happening because it pans out. Yeah. And we go back to Mai's mother and the congressman and the, 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 the film, the videographer, yeah. whatever there are, they are. And Bo is like, you look, I'm, a, I'm just nod your head and we'll get through this and you can go on upon your way. And that's when the congressman starts beating on the door, like, is she trying, are you, like, yeah, holding you her against her will? will? Like, yeah, he's trying to gin it up, and that causes a confrontation between the two of them where, you know, it's it's a, a bunch of theater on Evan's part, mm -hmm. and it's it doesn't it's not going anywhere, but it's just, it's it's um, conflating the situation. And again, um, Bo's character is pretty, uh, plays it pretty straight, and is pretty, like, forward with him. So then when they get back in the room, um, because at that point, um, Mai's mother tries to get out, and then they actually handcuff her. Well, Bo handcuffs her, one hand to the table, and they start uh, going through the stuff. And uh, then I think at that one point, Evan's like, just like, you know, like, do, like, where was it? Bo's like, do you even know what's in this stuff? Yeah, and and my and Mai's mother's like, um, I'm not sure. It's medication. And, and, and then Evan's like, well, read the label. And she's like, it's in Chinese. And he's like, you can't read. And, and she's like, I'm not that kind of Asian. And that's what like Bo and Rooker's like, and he's like, and there you have it. I'm like, no, no, no. Cause I know, I know Evan's like, well, what kind of Asian are you? Is what he says. It's like, all right, well, you know, I don't know. Um, and a, um, in a political climate that's not 2021, that would immediately end your career. That might make you president in two years. I don't know, you know, like, but but like like Bo is like, and there now you know exactly where Evan stands and all this. And he looks at the camera person. He's like, that that video is worth like a lot of money. Yeah. Get out of here, like go print money. Yeah. Um, so, um, but yeah, so basically they're still fighting and everything, and then um, eventually that's whenever we find out, um, like the 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 one kid that was with all the people. Um, the people waiting, he, uh, he hears, he hears voices. voices yeah. yeah. What was that? I, it's, it's whatever it is. And I, I feel bad cause I'm sure there's probably something in folklore or something that speaks to whatever this is, um, that I'm not aware of. I couldn't. Yeah. I, yeah. I was wondering if there was some kind of backstory to this kind of creature, whatever this is about the, maybe we could have an explanation of like what the, 
the folklore is, whatever. I didn't find anything. Yeah. But so, like the yeah. rules are come and go too. So I. <laughs> yeah. Um, so tell me, Terry, describe, describe what we see. Like that's why I put, I put in my notes here. I was like, uh, Terry, describe, describe the monster. Describe what we're seeing here. Okay. So the little boy who's probably about 10, 12 yeah. years old. He, he goes and follows the voice and he goes to the area where he uh, where my uh, was at the fridge and he sees my's dead body headless dead body blood all over the place the kid doesn't seem to be very affected by this whatever and then all of a sudden he sees my's face appear beyond the uh, the the the, 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 like ca- the, the counter whatever the counter yeah, yeah. yeah and first you see the eyes then you see the face and it just keeps on rising above the counter and then rising and rising and it is a it's a it's a head with like these dangles coming down so it's more like the innards of the body um lungs maybe it looks like she's a little bit like uh, um, a victim of the predator like yeah, when they go and rip the head, the spine. spine, and like, and like, so you but got there's the no heart spine. And, That's the weird part. Yeah, it's like a little, like some tentacles. Like this has to be one of the oddest creatures I think I've seen. Like designs, right? So when I saw that happen, and then seeing it, it floats, like, um, like, uh, and. I don't know. Whatever it does, it's it's weird, and that's why I was thinking that there might be some type of folklore thing to it because it's oddly specific, but really like really weird. That like, um, I don't know. Like uh, maybe there's some maybe there's a uh, something in like you know um, the, the Laotian culture, you know, like um, that that has that. I don't know. I did I did not do that research. I do apologize. I didn't go. I didn't go typing into Google. Um, you know, floating head 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 girls with spines, like because you know, you just turn safe search off. You never know what you're gonna get. You know, so I didn't want to. Yeah. That. So if anybody like, has any information yeah, about, someone wants to go d- deep diving and, let, yeah. and look at the things I don't want to see, you can let us know. It's Please fine. inform us because you know. we seem very ignorant about this. Because <laughs> we are. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So the this floating head uh, takes the little kid out. <laughs> Uh, and 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 then we go back to the room where Bo and the congressman and the videographer and Mai's mom is, and Mai is. So Bo tells Mai's mother, "I'm gonna let you go. Just give me a second. I'm gonna get this guy out of here." And that, and then, <laughs> for whatever reason, because he's he's uncuffing her, he's reaching for the key, he's putting the key into the handcuff, and he's letting her go. She goes for his gun. Yep, and she gets it. And it's like, and that complicates the situation too. And then Rooker's reaction is also like, whoa, I, I, you know, like, I like how he's trying to de-escalate. He's like, like, please hand me this. Like, I'm I going to let you go. Like, I need my gun. And like, because at this point, we all see chaos going on because uh, uh, Mai has now found the room full of people that were waiting, you know, and she, uh, you know, it's head time, you know, whatever. Uh, it's just it's going crazy. Yeah, she, there, t- you know? she takes out the security guy. That Every, dude's yeah, dead. Yeah, everybody else, yeah. Um, and so, so that's what we have. And so she, the mother hears all this and that's why she gets more distraught. She grabs the gun, starts, starts taking shots at, at Rooker. He hightails it out of there. Uh, at that point, that's whenever, um, they go to investigate, uh, Evan and he go to investigate the noise. And that's when they find the room full of people slaughtered, including Evan's wife. Um, yeah. And it's like, uh, Bo's reaction He's he's he, he's like shocked, but it's like he like he's like well like you get the notion of like this is the reality we're dealing with right now. We're going to figure this out, and Evans is like kind of shocked, 
you know, and they end up becoming like this uh, weird, um, like odd couple for a minute of trying to fight this uh, flying head monster, you yeah. know, and uh, but yeah, cause mine's in the room with them. And so she's behind a chair and Ricker goes talk to her for a second and she does the thing too, where you see her eyes and you see the rest of her. He, ha- he has a spare gun. I, you know, yeah, sure. sure. Um, <laughs> uh, I feel like a guy like Bo would have many spare guns, uh, but um, he like the notion, like the, the the moment whenever she goes like going across the room, and the way they do the animation of the head moving, like it's very, it, there's no, it's just static. It's like um, it, it's just very like horizontally moving. Like there's no there's no dipping. Like you, know, I don't know. Like there's there's no physics to this. You no. know, like um, the hair is not moving like, either. Yeah, it's a little weird. It's like I expect something if it's moving that there would be. You know, I why, why I am thinking that this thing would have kind of more of like a um, like a like a mobility like a jellyfish, like a little bit, maybe a little bit of that kind of you know, like give me something. But it's just like bloop, like it's going right, like like a like a target range. It's just going sideways, and just with Michael Rooker just opening fire. I think that section section is really funny. Uh, maybe it was meant to be. Either way, I laughed at it. I thought that was really entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, and there's also this weird like orangish hue that is coming from the head too, which but whatever. Yeah. Um, we're not supposed to understand this damn thing. (laughs) And we get back to Mai's mother and she is trying to escape from the room, get out of there. I, I, I have to point out the fact too, she has a loaded weapon that could easily take out the chain on that, uh, that handcuff. Yeah. Just saying. But, um, so, uh, Bo tries to go back with a congressman. Well, actually, no. Congressman is just I, looking at the... the yeah, the, I think he's still a little <laughs> yeah. in shock, right? Um, so Bo goes back, and he's trying to talk to Mai's mother, like, what what is going on here? What do we need to do? I have no idea what has just been unleashed in this place. And she's, like, firing the weapon at him. She's like, you better not come back here unless you have my... Well, my there's a bit, too. Well, one, she shatters the glass in the interrogation room, which mm-hmm. is important. And then, two, she's like, that's my daughter. She needs her medication. Like, she, you know... Um, and, he's like, and he's like, well, what is that thing? And she's like, well, that thing is an American citizen. And he was like, I don't know how important that is to everything right now. <laughs> which, I thought, again, Rooker's delivery was great in this. But he's, like, <laughs> he's like, I don't know how important the flying head monster being an American citizen is really, I don't know that's, that's going to get us through the situation safely. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> so, and she says that I, I need her body back here. Bring my daughter's ba- body back here. And he's like, all right, whatever, because this isn't going to go anywhere if I keep on doing this. She keeps on firing at him. You know, the gun could run out, too, whatever. Yeah. Um, but so so Bo goes and finds Evan, and they track down Mai's body. Yeah, and they, we found out earlier, I forgot to mention not that, that during him trying to shoot at her, they hitting her body a couple of times in the lobby, which every time a bullet hit the body, the head screamed. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't pick that up the first time. Um, I, you know, what, cause it was a lot that kind of like, well, what was going on, but whatever. So there, you, there's the connection still to the body. It's like weird boss fight stuff from like Nintendo, like <laughs> yeah. shoot the body, the head dies. That's what they're yeah. like. That's the assumption. It, now. Was, it was really weird when her head started glowing and you had to do th- the red flashing over and over again. I'm like, Oh no, like yeah. <laughs> no, it's vulnerable. It's vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, so, so yeah, they decide, so Evan and, um, Bo decide like, well, they're going to bring the body, but then they realize like this thing, whatever it is 
can still feel pain through the body, and you know we may not be able to stop it, but we can we can stop the body. It's I mean it's better than nothing. It's, like, yeah. let's give it a try. So they take this fire axe, yeah. and just start hacking it. Yeah, Evan starts right, and yeah. he does a couple in there, and then I, again Rooker has a line here that is like. I just something about this character, like he um, he takes the axe from Evan after a couple of swings because you know swinging an axe to a body, I'm sure it does take it out of you. And he says, "I got to put this little one out of her misery." And he's like, because he still is sympathetic in a weird way, and he's like, and he doesn't like doing this. And it's like, wow, how did we get Michael Rooker as kind of a, a prick border guard? That I'm like, I kind of like this guy, you know, like just he's kind of like the best part of this. Well, he is the best part of the segment. I'm wondering how much he ad libbed in this too. It makes me wonder. Cause I think he may have got a read on it and the, I, I whole, dug it. The, yeah. Like him leading people. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. yep, there we go. You know, like yeah, all he, that kind of stuff, just little, little lines. I think calling he, the mother mama and stuff like it's just, there's these things that he was doing that like, yeah, I just, it, very nuanced performance for a creep show, you know, and also yeah. like, but yeah, so they, 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 they do this, Mai's head and spine are near her mother, near the room, and she sees her daughter dying, you know, the head part, right? And so then they um, they, they stopped everything, so they believed. Uh, Evan and Bo, I'm saying. Because they, they, you know, they're listening for the screaming, too. Yeah. So as they're beating on this, this, this body here, this the yeah. headless body with an axe, they're listening for the screaming to subside. And when they finally do, they take a load off. They sit on the floor. Um, uh, Bo brings out a couple beers and they talk politics. W- interestingly enough, um, <laughs> I like the um, Evans also like Bo says to Evan, like, Oh, sorry about your wife. And he's like, Yeah, you know, once his adrenaline wears off, uh, I, I'll probably be like, I'll have to probably think about that or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's like, just like, huh, Yeah, okay. political move too, there, your wife, huh? Yeah, and there's the whole discussion too about like why he's even in this, and you realize that he's just like one big sellout, and he'll say whatever he needs to get elected, and he's like he's like no one in their right mind, and and the government will allow you know this um, you know the the cap on medical co- like uh, prescription costs and all this stuff, and it's like yeah, and then and like it just like like Bo asks him like well why do you like why you want this then he's like well he's like it's better than being just some like you know schlub at a job like yeah. like basically saying i just want better, to be one of the haves yeah be- better than being you you know kind of that's what you're getting the vibe from but i also like that like bo's like you know what i think there's a lesson to be learned here and then um evan says something i'm not going to repeat here and then uh, uh and wildly then, inappropriate <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> we'll put it that way and then he was like uh and then evan was like what about like two two people of opposing viewpoints coming together to fight a common enemy and the rooker's like no he's like you know if this girl would have had proper access to medical attention and medication, maybe this wouldn't have happened. Basically going back to the point that Evan was running on. And so because of what we just saw here, uh, Bo's characters are the one that's coming from the reasoned position of like, this is why we need appropriate healthcare to keep head monsters from flying around. <laughs> um, and that's, that's my platform guys vote for me. I will make sure there are zero head monsters flying around. Um, well, close to zero. I can't. There's there's always potential of one, right? Yeah. Like, we, <laughs> we don't want this to be ghosts and goblins, man. Like seriously, like yeah. let's watch out. I Castlevania. Mean, if, if you do hit me once, all my clothes fall off, and I just run around my underwear, mm-hmm. much like in Ghosts and Goblins, <laughs> but, uh, and then I become a skeleton. It is uh, so just, it is so heavy handed though, too. I'm like, 
I just need a little bit of backstory to understand if this medication was helping in the first Which place. Which we don't even get the notion that it was. Yeah. You know, like so if, it's like, cause, cause it looks like it was an appetite suppression type of thing. Right. Um, so like, so it, it, anyway, like they, so that's a nice little button on like the whole, like the whole political conversation come back, back around to where Bo is like the reasonable one, mm. you know, and Evan's the sellout and the fake, you know, um, the one that doesn't really, you know, doesn't believe anything. Uh, and then we get uh, Mai's mother um, realizing like her, you know, her daughter is is dying and, and but she uh, looks up at this piece of glass that's broken. That's a, a top Very part of the large frame. piece of glass that's like yeah. about to fall. Yeah. So she makes the decision of putting her own neck like on the bottom pane and, and kicking and moving or whatever to cause that glass to fall to cut her head off. Um, and so that way um, we now see that, oh, look, head monster now has another body to go to. Um, which for all the logic of this episode that I'm fine with that. If that's how this thing, whatever. Right. But credit to the actress too. Whenever the head goes to the spine, all that gets into the body. There's that moment you see it. Like, it's almost like it's kind of reprogramming, rewiring and trying to figure out how like the body works. Right. That her hand movements are trying to understand like, Oh, I can do this now. It's really cool actually. Um, and then she realizes like, Oh crap, my hand, I'm still handcuffed. Oh, well I've eaten people. I can eat my own hand off. Fights her own hand. <laughs> Pretty hardcore, right? Loaded um, weapon there still. Yeah. Just saying. I don't yeah. know. So then she just exits the border patrol. Like no one bothers to even see, right? So we got this, it, um, got you know, got her heading towards the U.S. border. And then we get like one of the more weird endings to anything where we see the, the, the bus that was supposed to be the political tour bus with party lights on the inside, right? There, we like I knew it was all creep show colors. But the door opens and it's the actual physical creep, like the actual model of the creep that hasn't been used except for in the display case of um, season of the episode two of Skeleton in the Closet. And he welcomes her on the bus. And then we get a little segment of where he's driving to the border with her, with her, well, with her spine in her head. <laughs> like weird. I mean, that's a fun creep show ending. I just, yeah, it was, uh, it was a little, the tone was a little odd sometimes in yeah. the segment. I wish they wouldn't have done that ending too. Like I, I don't want to see the creep exist in the stories like that. It's never been like that in any of the other stories. Like That's not true. even in the movies. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have had a problem with like. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, if you're going to do like the narrator Serling thing. Mm-hmm. Um, That's fine because then I think you could, you know, have a little bit of fun with that. But. Um, <sighs> I think you could have had her just walking towards like the next town, right? Or, or, or over or, the border or over the border or getting picked up by somebody. Cause it's like, Oh, look like you need help or whatever. And it's like, yeah, I just need a bite to eat. I'll be okay. Or whatever she says, you know, that, that would be, that would be a little bit more satisfactory to me, but it was still fun to see the live action creep, even if it didn't really fit. So my question then is, all right, so Bo and Evan are sitting in the lobby area. Yeah. Does it, is it implied that she came through the lobby area and out those doors? Yeah, I just maybe, but then that would also imply that she killed them, which I think yeah. we would have saw that as a viewer. You know, like basically these guys came together and had an understanding, and it's like and no matter what, this thing still got them. I don't. I it's not really ever clear. You're that's 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 a valid point. Um. So so yeah. Um. Uh. I guess I was just enamored with uh, Rooker's performance and also his character because I didn't expect like. I I was always happy to see him. I, I kept waiting for the other shooter drop of him becoming just becoming a, a bastard, and he didn't do that. Because uh, I know Rooker's capable of not playing a bastard, but 
a lot of times he does. Yeah. He does it really well, yeah. right? Mall rats, oh. Henry, portrait of a serial killer. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, so that, was, that was really refreshing. Um, and I don't mind the commentary of like, you know, talking about access to drugs and everything like that too. And some of the healthcare stuff, because that is a real concern a lot of people have. Um, but yeah, I just think the, I, I wish, not that I needed to have the entire monster like spelled out to us like the monster of the week portion of this. And I, I keep referring to Maya as a monster because, well, she was a floating head thing with lungs and, and it's whatever. eating people. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> monster, um, you know, I wish like, cause like, even if her mother knew of her condition, that means that her mother was aware of what was going on. Cause she's seen it happen before. And then she also was aware that her, her daughter needs a body. So she is, a she is aware of what her daughter is. So she could have been, a little bit more forthcoming to the, to everybody around to be like, she's a, and it's like, what's that? Well, you know, it's, you know, it's a hungry, it's a, it's a hungry ghost or whatever, you know, like, I don't know, like, um, you could have given me just a little something to, to try to understand what we were seeing. That doesn't take away from like, I will say that this was one of the more odd, like watching it the first time. I'm like, I did not expect that. Like, <laughs> uh, positive or negative. I did not expect floating head monster. Right. So <laughs> that's that pretty much that the you know, that's where I ran aground too. I was like I didn't expect that. Um I didn't like I honestly I didn't like this episode. I the, the I, segment? I yeah. Yeah, there's this segment, yeah. I I think Michael Roker's character, Bo, he, he's always great. I, I love seeing him and everything, but I just didn't get it. I was so just what the hell is going on in this? It was so batshit crazy that I'm like, it's it's too much. And I mean, I can like wild stuff and really weird and unexplained things. There was so much that wasn't explained that it didn't keep anything together cohesively. But yeah, that's fair. It's one thing to, um, if you know, as a storyteller that you have, like, like I'm, I'm guessing anybody that's written, that's writing any stories about anything like this. Like you, you already know in your head what, what you're trying to say and what you want to do with that being said, then you also know that what you don't want to reveal to the audience, because if, if, you know, that's where you get the suspense. That's where you get your, 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 your character arcs. That's where you get your resolution, like all that stuff. Right. So there's going to be certain cards that are never laid on the table that you're always aware of as creator, that you're purposely keeping hidden away from the audience. Uh, the problem is, is whenever a either you've not thought all the way through. So if someone came to you and said, "Hey, I see what you're doing here, but what about this?" and you can't explain it, then you I think you need to go back. Whether or not I ever understand your reason for it, um, that's fine. But you got to give me enough on the foreground to understand that you understand what's going on. You know, like um, so that that's that's frustrating to me because I think there's great examples of this type of thing of where like just be like um, uh, not okay maybe maybe this isn't a great example but like um, like the film The Grudge uh, like you just learn that this house is kind of like it's been this location for so many bad things that's kind of absorbed it and it's like and anybody that lives there for a long enough time you're going to get um, scary hair girl and a little boy that like you know meows, meows right like you know <laughs> but. Like, at least then, you know, it's like, it's this house is bad. Something bad happened here. We don't need to know the alchemy that went into making, like, how did this house become bad and not the next door neighbor's house? Whatever. You don't question that. Yeah. You don't need the narrative of poltergeist. Yeah. So. But you got, you got enough there that it's like, all right, as a viewer, I know that, you know, Sarah, Miguel, Sarah Michelle Geller is probably screwed, you know, like, and, and we get some of that. So at least there's enough there in the foreground that you understand everything. This, I agree with you where it's like, I don't like 
um, I like this segment. I mean, I think the ending's a little stupid, but I think I got, I think for me, uh, Rooker's character and his, his dialogue, and then also the back and forth between him and the politician, uh, like that was a, like something about that really kind of like I, I dug all that. Not my favorite segment of the series so far, but I, I liked it. But I agree with you. I don't like, and this is something that like, um, not to go too long, too long about this, but it's like the, the same thing about the, um, the segments like we saw like meter reader where it's like you, you're not telling us enough with like, and you're supposed to expect me to believe all this because you're pretending like, you know, everything, but you're not showing me that, you know, anything. So through that lens, I completely agree with what you're saying. It's just, at least I feel like I had a little bit more to chew on, no pun intended with some of the characters as opposed to everything else. Um, that doesn't make me forgive the ending because that doesn't make any sense, you know. And I, I think Creepshow a lot of this a lot of times like <laughs> monsters, and that's like the, <laughs> you know what I mean, like hand waves. Yeah, it's just like ooh, creepy, whatever. Let's flip the page. <laughs> Let's flip the page. Look, X-ray specs. It's pretty. Now we're on to our next story. You know, it's like it's just like it, I mean, you know. I don't need any everything spoon fed to me, but I just need just enough logic to be there. I mean, like, uh, what's the the one that Stephen King plays, uh, Jordy? Uh, what's the, that one called again? The Lonesome Death of Jordy Verrill. So we get a meteor that has something in it, and it turns everything into grass and plants. And so, that's enough. Like, yeah. I, I know yeah. that this came from outer space. Yeah, that meteor shit, you know? Me- like, the yeah. meteor shit did it. Yeah. Like, that. that's a good enough explanation for me. It's not force-fed. Here it is. We didn't get any logic to this at all. Like I, I don't know. I feel like there was a few ideas. They threw it in a hat. They mixed it around and they grabbed out three things and are like, "That's it. Let's well, put and, it together." It might also been like maybe a little bit of, uh, uh, losing something in translation of what like again this folklore or whatever the story was you know saying, uh, like you know coming from like again I there's the, something like this if it was made out of whole cloth. As much as I um I don't know how I feel about the monster itself, it is unique, you know, and so. If there's something there that I'm missing, you know, that again, that I uh, you know, maybe 50 50, me 50 on me and 50 on the episode. Yeah, uh, there is an episode of the X Files, um, where there was a, a kid, um, who we find out that he was going to like, um, like, uh, uh like weight loss seminars and like buying weight loss, pro- like, or appetite suppression because he, you know, he had an eating problem, but he's like this thin guy, and you find out that like, um, just through um, accident of nature, this kid's like like part shark, like kind of weird thing where it's like he he not like not like literally part shark, but he look you know, like he kind of he he actively wants to eat people and he can't con- like he's trying to control this urge. Okay, and so he's going to like these seminars and doing like self help books and t- and chewing like appetite suppression gum, and it's like you can see him and the whole episode's from his perspective as um, like uh, Scully and Mulder are closing in on, on the, the murders he's doing. So it's the, the reverse of the X-Files where they usually are the ones like from your, the viewer from their perspective. This is the other way around where you're with him and they're in like the periphery. Okay. Try, and so he's trying to hold it together. And like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, and like the payoff on that's a lot better where it's, he could be, he is sympathetic. He does eat people, you know, like King shark, you know, like whatever, but it's like, He's really, really trying just to be like fit in and be normal, like by what everybody's standard is, right? Right. Um, so I think that there's there's stuff like this that you can do that that works pretty well. But yeah, anyway, I think we've talked a lot about this. So uh, anything else? We're gonna we're gonna try to find a twist here. Yeah, know. let's do the twist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
I'm just my my twist is just the head monster did not see that coming. I'll give that a five, <laughs> but other otherwise like. Eh. Yeah. I'm going to give it a five because mm-hmm. I didn't see any of it coming. I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. Like there was just so many things going on that I'm like, huh. All right. There it is. Yeah. So, I mean, as we've said previously, our twist rating is one, one to five, one being like, eh, see it coming. Five is like, didn't see it coming. I, I, I don't know if the twist here is also with the, the relationship between Bo and Evan where like they kind of fall out um, or, you know, or the twist is that no matter that if they came together to solve a problem and they congratulated each other, that problem is still going out. You know, I don't know if that's the big twist either. I don't know. But. It's kind of like uh, the end sequence of the thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, cheers. It, it could still be out there. I don't know. <laughs> these yeah. two guys who hate each other, like, hey, let's drink. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that's going to do our, for our discussion about uh, drug traffic. Let's just get into now a dead girl named Sue. All you done, it'd serve you right. But that ain't my way. As soon as this town stops following the rules, won't be a town left to save, so you're coming with me. I feel so safe. Big policeman going to protect me. Put the rifle down and your hands on the wall. So, you know, we got our director here uh, as uh, Mr. Uh, John Harrison. uh, We talked about him more recently. Yeah, he's been doing a lot of these. Yeah. So, uh, thankfully, he's back. Uh, Great guy. Um, You know. Listen to our past discussions, what, two episodes ago? I he did the segment, Okay, I'll Bite. Yeah. So, uh, so he's done other segments of a Creep Show. Yeah. So, uh, and then uh, next year we have our writer as uh, Heather Ann. Uh, three episodes. Yeah, Heather Ann Campbell. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't put Campbell. I'm sorry. Um, so, so she had done uh, three episodes of the Jordan Peele uh, revisal. Yeah, we, Twilight which Zone. we talked about her with uh, what was it, something among the downtrodden? Yep, that, uh, and she did two season one episodes. That uh, one of them was called "Not All Men," which involves uh, falling sky rocks and aggra- men that are aggressive. But it's actually a fun episode. Um, I so because when I started watching the segment, I'm like, why do I know that name? And I'm like, oh shit! Like it just took me a second. Like I thankfully it was one of those things that snapped in my mind without having to look at the IMDb because I've you know her, her like. She's written three episodes of The Twilight Zone, um, and Six Degrees of Freedom was, eh, and then like, but the other two were pretty, pretty good. So like, I you know, it, yeah, it's cool that we get a, a Twilight Zone connection here. So that's yeah, that's, that's wonderful. And then um, she also did a, a bunch of episodes of SNL. So um, check yeah. out some of that Jordan Peele stuff, man. Like, because uh, there's a lot of good stuff there for The Twilight Zone. Um, and then, so into our cast we go. Uh, we have Christian Gonzalez. He plays Chief Evan Foster. Uh, he's police chief there in the town. <laughs> I wrote in my note, Evan Foster, like Chief Chief Evan Foster. Like you know what that guy? Like he, he's 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 Evan Foster. I put even for the <laughs> the, other the, the other guy. <laughs> yeah, like, so uh, you know. uh, so he plays uh, Chief Evan Foster, yeah. and then uh, he the only the credits that I I really well one credit rather was a this newer movie with a. Uh, uh, John Cena vacation friends that more recently came oh, out. Yeah. That's he's what Hulu. That. I, I do want to watch it. Yeah, uh, it looks funny. I like John Cena I do too. as a person. I think he's, I think he's a wonderful guy and his, he's been stepping up his acting game. Like, dude, uh, he uh, is funny. Yeah. <laughs> he is a funny dude. And I, I loved him in suicide squad and I'm looking forward to the peacemaker sisters. He's hilarious. I have not seen that, but dude. I train wreck. He's really good in that. 
Uh, but uh, yeah, what I saw um, uh, Christian Gonzalez in was something, it's a, again, a show I've not seen, but I wanted to get to. It was an AMC called Halt and Catch Fire. There was like three or four seasons of it. It was about like early Silicon Valley stuff like in the 80s. Like the like so, huh. yeah, he was in that quite a bit. So cool. Yeah, a bunch of credits. Uh, those were the only ones that yeah. really stood out to us. And then next here we have Joshua uh, Miguel. Yeah, Miguel. Yeah. Uh, plays Cliven Ridgeway. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's, that's a fun name. Um, lots of uh, The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. And he was in the, more recently in that, that uh, Motley Crue movie, The Dirt. Oh, okay. That's a drug I, dealer in it. I, I, well, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, and then uh, Black Lightning, we see a lot of, like, again, I'm going to guess. He's got a lot yeah, of credits, this yeah. dude. I'm going to guess there's a lot of, like, CW, Vancouver production stuff, these people. Yeah. Like, that, good on them. Also in The Righteous Gemstones for a couple episodes, the HBO series about the um, televangelists. And, you know, it's, it has Dan McBride drunk in it. Again, I need to see it. It sounds it sounds great, um, but I've not, not watched it. The, welcome to the series called Paul Watches One Thing, but not anything else. That's what this is. That's what this is. Like, well, you know, sidekick Terry, who doesn't watch anything now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, next here we have uh, J.R. Rodriguez. Uh, he plays Carl. Uh, 16 credits. I wasn't familiar with any one of them. Yeah, not, nothing uh, of note. I do apologize. Cause sorry, like, JR. I, like, he would beat the crap out of me. So, yeah. yeah. Bad dude. Yeah. Uh, next, we have uh, Brian Brindill. Yeah. Uh, plays uh, Joe Donovan. We actually just lost this gentleman uh, in August. He just oh. passed away. Uh, but he he had a bunch of credits right before he did. So he was in uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier for a few episodes there, and then he was in an episode of Swamp Thing. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know he was gone. That's sad. Yeah, yeah. we just lost him. So um, yeah, R.I.P. Man. Um, not very much of a like a, a, a spot in this episode though. Like a, I no a lot of like, a lot of the uh, the townsfolk they're only in it like they're in it for a cup of coffee because it's really more. This is more of like uh, background characters, yeah. And building it's more substance. the police chief and uh, Clive and Ridgeway's story. Well, he so. actually comes into play, but more for substance to the story. He, yep. He's a distraught father. Yeah. So, um, and then the last credit I have here is uh, Ray Hernandez. Uh, he plays uh, Farmer Jeremy. Uh, he was in more recently in the the new suicide the the CS, uh, suicide, suicide squad. squad. He, yeah, he was in that and in that other um, HBO direct film. Well, it was in theater uh, reminiscence. Um, couldn't I, I think he was like the car driver in Suicide Squad, like the guy that was in um the the van with them. I, I can't remember, but I, I can't remember him reminiscence either. I apologize, but again, you get people doing all these parts, you get your work where you can. He looks and, like a bad dude. Yeah, I, I've yeah. seen this guy before, but yeah. like I mean, he just like has a chiseled face. Looks he looks like a heavy. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I just that's what I like. I'm like keep going. You know, yeah. you do some cool shit. You right? got to look, yeah. dude. Yeah. And keeps so, on lifted. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah. And all I, the only last one I had here was uh, Carlton Davis is the young man. He just has six credits. He's the guy that I think you just see kind of with the mob. And at the end, he doesn't, he doesn't even say anything. I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't think he had yeah. any lines yeah. or anything. So that's what I got. So, yeah. So then into our story, we go here. So we get, um, we get the, the police station and we have um, uh, Evan and his, uh, I guess his deputy, they're they're in there and we hear the audio and the audio is very familiar and it's because it's from night of the living dead it's the news report that is being given out um on a radio about the what's going on in the city so basically we can assume at this point that they're 
in Evansville. Well, so what what I'm to understand watching this is that because they're they're the city of Monroeville. Like, cause you see that it's really hard to see, but it's, it's on their, it's on their shirts okay. and on their, like their badge. So they're in Monroeville, which is where, um, day of the dead, sorry, Dawn of the dead mm-hmm. was actually filmed, but that's not too far away from Evansville. Right. Um, so like realistically speaking, it's so, about 45 minutes away. Yeah. So this is the same night I, to be believed because of the way the news reports are playing out on the TV and the radio. Right. This is the same night that the, the, the events of the film night of living dead take place. So, because we're actually to they're a running town. parallel. To yeah. So every- this is a story behind it. Like, like um, you wonder why you don't see like law enforcement in that film, um, you know, because of things like this. And I would say stuff like the something like this normally would like piss me off. Um, but like it, as much as the camera lingers sometimes in the TV or the radio or whatever, and the fact that they chose to do black and white, which I'm fine with, because that that that's makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, Heather Ann Campbell actually handles this where it's like, what if this story took place the same night and it's the same set of circumstances for the people like not knowing what's going on, but like it, she brings a different social element into it um, as opposed to just being a zombie story, you know? And I was like, that's what I like. She found, she found a, 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 a needle to thread that I feel. Um, and I guess we're getting, I'm getting to the end before we get there it kind of still plays in the same mental playground that Romero would had in terms of, you know, people are the worst part of this. And I, exactly. I, and I, so this, this got stronger for me as it went along. I, I, yeah. So I continue, but like, I think, I think try not to spoil like This is the same night as night living dead. Like you, if you're watch, if you go and watch this, you figure that out pretty fast. You yeah, know, so. for sure. I mean, like yeah. the groundwork is there yeah. and, and, and if you have a, a crisis that is going on around you, people are going to be watching the news. People are going to be listening to find out information, especially this is 1968 maybe 67 because it was filmed in 67 <laughs> either way um you're you need to get a finger on the pulse of what the hell is going on especially if you're law enforcement like yeah. you need knowledge you need to know what the hell's going on especially if it's right in your hometown so and I, side note i like that our character's name is evan and night of living dead was filmed in evansville pennsylvania or, uh, evans uh evan city pennsylvania yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the, well, we get him coming out, and we get like the um, I want to say mob. It's like five guys. It's a small town, right? And they're like, a little, hey, yeah, yeah, little lynch mob. Yeah, they're like, they're like, hey, we're gonna go after Cliven, and it's like, and they're like, well, why would you do that? It's like all of them have their reasons because we found out Cliven's a true piece of shit. Yeah. Um, but, but he's he's got he's got a connection. He's, yeah, he's the mayor's son. Yeah. yeah, and so and he's been he's been caught plenty of times, but never actually. Like he was thrown in jail, but always let out. Like the next people morning. are fed up, yeah. and you know, like this is the new world order. The the townsfolk, the, there's like seven of them there or something like that, and they're like, well, the whole world's going to shit. Now it's time to get Cliven because yeah, they view the opportunity of like, listen, like um, very much similar to the end of the remake of Night of Living Dead, which uh, I just talked about on, on Invasion of the Podcast with my co-host Steve. There, there was some like murders that that happened they're not even murders but like at the end someone gets shot point blank in the face uh they're a jerk and they deserve it but whenever people turn the corner they're like oh it was just one of those things another one for the yeah yeah no one no one would question it because it's like there is this thing going on in the world we see you know the undead coming to life and this is your time like you're like you know, if this guy dies today amongst all this, no one's going to ever question it anyway. So let's just go do this now. Like, and it's like, 
again, I, I the setup is very interesting to me. So yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So like these guys are like, hey, we're gonna go for this. We're gonna go for them. Yeah. We're not asking you permission. <laughs> we're just actually we're asking you to inv- you know D- become. Part of the group, like did, like we wanted to make sure that you know, did you did you want to join us? Like, yeah, you know, like uh, and and then so we get like the so we get Evan like he he is very principled in the sense of like he's like we're not a vig- we don't do vigilante justice. This is not our town. This is not what we do. You so, know. Uh, here's here. I don't know if this was just me reaching. Mm-hmm. He looks like Superman. Oh Look, my god, he dude. Was, yeah, this like I'm making like the connection that like he's standing for justice. He is. He has that stoic look, like Superman. He looks exactly like Superman yeah. to me, and it's like he has these morals that he has to follow, and he sees that the possibility of doing something with the rest of these people that might be just in their mind. But he's like, no, I have to stand for something here, and I'm not going to join you guys. And he's like, and what you're doing is vigilante justice, and it's not, it's, it's not legal. Yeah, and well, they're like, they're like, well, like, how many times you gonna keep throwing him in jail, and him, you know, him getting out, and he's like, as many times as it takes, or whatever, right? They tell him, hey, you can take the high road, but we're taking the other road. Yeah, because at one point he looks at Carl, and he's like, hey, you're better than this, and Carl's like, used to be, and I'm like, whoo, that's that's a that's a loaded line, like you know, that's you know, well, when you're pushed to a limit, man, Cliven must have done something real bad. Well, because we even find out, like, um, you're like the what gentleman, uh, Brian, um, sorry, Joe Donovan, right? He's like just barely able to talk because he's tearing. Because something happened to his daughter, and everybody knows it's Cliven, but nobody can prove it's Cliven. And yeah, everybody has their re- everyone has skin in the game about why they want Cliven gone. So they go on their way. Uh, Evan's like, "Well, I'm going to go out and try to find you know find him before they get to him." Because even though he, he knows Cliven's piece of shit, he's like, "I have still a duty to defend you know like my citizens you know." And so then while he's out and about truth, justice, and Mar- the American yeah, way. Yeah, the American way. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, no, that's, that's fair. Uh, so he goes out, uh, starts driving around. He's listening to the radio, hearing some of the broadcasts again, tying back in uh, living dead. Right. And then that's whenever he finds out that, um, that Cliven's at the old wire factory. Um, Somebody saw his car out yeah. there. Check it out. How many, like you've, 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 you've lived in Ohio. You live in the Rust Belt. I grew up in West Virginia. Like when they show the outside of this, this like this wire factory, I'm like, every town has one of those buildings, right? Where it's like, hey, remember Prosperity? This town sure doesn't. This thing's a shit box. Like it's, like, you know, like <laughs> you know, it's like this rusted like Hulk of a building, and it's like, yeah, where they I, didn't have labor laws. We or didn't have like- a wire factory in my hometown. We had a box factory that looked exactly like this that never got used when I was alive. You know, yeah. or when I was alive, I guess I've now passed away. Um, <laughs> Too many Twix the other night, eating out of desperation and <laughs> sadness. Uh, so, One piece of candy corn yeah, made it into there. Terry's actually talking. I'm just a head, a spine, and some lungs right now. Mm. That's what happened. <laughs> like, <laughs> Don't eat me. Um, but yeah, yeah. like he, he goes over there because he's got the tip, and he's like looking around. He goes inside, and all of a sudden, he, he comes upon a dead body. Yeah. And uh, when he's looking closer at the body, he sees that there's bite marks into the neck. And then also into the arm area and that. But this thing, person, thing, we don't know because, I mean, there's zombies now. Like, it's implied because of all the radio stuff and that. Yeah. Like, he does, he's still not, like, he knows there's something going on, but... Yeah, he also says at one point, he's like, 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 not in my town. Yeah, like, or that, like, that's in the cities, not out here. It's like, that's also another interesting line that Heather Ann Campbell wrote because that, that like, I, I think that's her one, like, um, like nudge towards 2021 
of like that's a city problem, not a rural problem. Like I could Fair. see some of that kind of talk, you know, whatever. Uh, but yeah, he ends up finding Cliven, uh, and he's like, "Well, what happened with this woman?" He's like, "Well, I thought she was a squatter. She came at me, you know. So I, you know, basically, he's like, I defended myself, and, and so like." Evan's looking at her and, and looking at the bite marks and, and Clavin's like, did you think I did this? Like, yeah. like he's offended. He's like, I know I'm a piece of shit, but did you think I bit somebody? Like, you know, whatever. So they're talking back and forth. He says he's going to, you know, he's telling, um, Cliven why he's bringing him in and Cliven, whoever this kid looks like, I, he looks like a young Jim Brewer to me. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's actually a good, uh, yeah, assessment. There. Cause the way he, his face changes from like, cocky to like petulant to like it's just this the, whoever this this actor is like he like he might get typecast as a shit heel but my god he is a good one he, just the way he carries himself here is like it is i don't know if it's a romero shit heel but he is a stephen king shit heel he's seasoned up. yeah he's oh very seasoned i mean he's played a drug dealer he's played like a gutter punk in some show or whatever too like he has a lot of credits where he's like just a a skis, you know? Yeah. And you get, you just get the vibe from you. You knew this kid in high school that knew he was a piece of shit, but he knew he was untouchable. Right. And it's just like, it's because he's a mayor's son. Yeah. Oh, right. right. Got so it then, made. So those are talking like, uh, that's when there's like that commotion outside and we see, shadows right of more people approaching and evan first thinks it's the mob and cliven does too and he actually's kind of like oh the whole town's coming after me whatever but you uh, hear moaning yeah you know. and so then so the 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 crowd shuffles away while that's going on though that's whenever cliven goes and looks out the window uh and uh, evan has his flashlight and sees this chain on the floor that ha- it's attached to the floor and it runs to a dog collar that then is near a bed that is covered Bloody. in blood Right. And then Clavin's like, oh, well, I bring my dogs out here to train them. I'm like, well, I, um, you know, because he's like something about like, you know, like they need to be broken. And, but then, then, um, while that's going on, uh, Evan see, he sees like one spot of color. Right. And then again, this is a wonderful moment. It's an, like, it's very well, ter- interesting, terrible moment, but it's a wonderful choice to do. Yeah, yeah. It's a very much like the spirit, or um, remember that movie, the spirit. Yeah, and then or I, I was um, thinking more like um, Schindler's List with the red coat. See, I've yeah. not seen Schindler's List. I, so. Well, spoiler: um, you see a little girl in a red coat at the beginning, uh, and at the end, um, the, that's the one spot of color in the movie. And at the end, when you see like one of the mass graves, you see the red coat. Mm. Just to be like, yeah, remember that? Yeah, like, very. It just it just punches you straight in the face. It's like a thing. noir type of like thing, aesthetic in comic yeah. books too. So, yeah. um, the, but she he sees a scrunchie that is purple. It's blue. Blue. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. See, I'm I'm color deficient. So, <laughs> well, at least you recognize there was color there. You're like, I didn't see a thing. I'm like, well, Terry, I have to tell you. <laughs> um, yeah. No. But so he sees that, and the moment that he sees that scrunchie his demeanor shifts. Like you could see his face go from Clark Kent to pissed off Superman, you know, like yeah. just, and that's what he takes like Cliven. He's like, you're under arrest now. And that's like, for what? And it's like, he could just tell that like Cliven's like, not Cliven. Um, Evans like rage is just barely like, like he's holding it together. Right. So he, he, he pushes him against the wall. He starts handcuffing him. Yeah. You could tell that he wants to do more than just handcuff this dude and put yeah. him in the back of the car. But he made a decision right then, and he ends up loading um, Cliven in the cop car, and then he's he's going out calling out to the other guys out there, the, the vigilante pack, and he's like, "Hey, you guys still out there?" And they're like, "Yeah." And it's like, 
you want to come to the station? They're like, yeah. I got a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when we get Cliven doing that thing that, you know, like he goes from just being all cocky that he's got it all figured out to like insulting to like panic. Like he spits on the oh, floor of the just, car. Again, just an mocking. amazing performance how this guy shifts from like one thing to another to another. Cause again, we've seen these people, you know? Um, and so when we get to the station, he's like, you know, <laughs> Uh, cause what was it? What point he said in the car too? He was like, you know, well, you know what's going to happen is like tomorrow we're going to go to the court and, um, you know, I'm going to be let go or because everything going on in the world, there's no more courts. So what are you going to do to me? You know? Um, so like, but, um, Evan has an idea and he goes and talks to the dude, the guys outside of the station. He's like, you know, go get Sue. And so that's when he takes Cliven into the station and Cliven, you could tell at this point, like he starts like, I don't know, he starts panicking, but also like still just defiant. You know, all the way, all the way down, you know, and that's when he gets put in the cell. He's just, again, like, I, I just, I hate this character so much. You're supposed to, but it's like, he's so real, you know, like we've all watched cops. We see these guys, you know, <laughs> you know? right. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, he's tossed in the cell and we don't get to see Evan for a second here, but we do see the broadcast for a moment and it's mm-hmm. talking about the, 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 uh, the murderous marauders and that, like the thing that these people are going crazy in that. And we see these people shuffle into the police station slowly shuffling. Yeah. Cause at first I'm like, Oh crap. Like these are all being overrun. Yeah. And I was like, is that really what's going on now? But like, and then like watching the second time I got the point of like, when we figure out who these people are, it's like, yeah, like they've already been like they're, their their lives have been ended in a lot of different ways, though they're still alive. They're affected, yeah, um, one yeah. way or another. So yeah, and we get them going down into uh, near the jail jail cell. So they're looking upon Cliven, and that's when we get uh, Chief Evan. He's like, "Yeah, you see these people here? They come to witness. You know, like they're they're here to look at you." Because you did you you did something to affect them in, in one yeah. way or another, and you think you skated off every single time, not this time. And it, I, I like when uh, Cliven's calling out the different things that he supposedly did, and because he did do them. I like at the one point he tells the one that he's like, "Hey, I thought we were just friends," and the guy just like looks at him, like <laughs> mean <laughs> mugs him. Yeah, like, like, you <laughs> thought wrong. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so it, we find out that there was a a little girl that was murdered and somehow there was a possibility he was connected to it and they were supposed to do an autopsy of the body well guess what guess who got a a a surprise vacation in that amount of time the the person that was supposed to do the the autopsy yeah the medical examiner suddenly got a european vacation and um and clavin's like well that sounds like good fortune and uh evan's like that, that sounds like your father, like sending him away, which again, I'm going to also say this is a clever point because of how it comes back that the father's like, um, a, like his attempt at like keeping his son out of trouble is like part of the undoing. It's I, just really smart writing. I dig it. Yeah. So, so we find out that the body had to go to a different examiner and that they weren't able to do the full autopsy. All they were able to do is just measure the body and write it off as a murder. Yeah, because um, normally a full autopsy would be the removal of the brain. Correct. And so they did not do and that. And weighing so they, of yeah. the brain and that. Like, that's what the whole shebang of bang, they do, they weigh all of the organs, they 
yeah, it's it's part of the whole routine there. But they weren't able to do that because the the real forensic pathologist wasn't able to be there. So, so the, the body was also kept like just on ice, or well, and and um, it intact. was intact until you know. So, so then as his um, as Evans revealing all this information, the guys are bringing this like sack down. Right. And they're basically like, you hear this noise coming from upstairs and then the sack that's moving and, and, um, it's almost like hissing, yeah. growling. Yeah. It's just a, it's a bunch of, it's a bunch of angry weasels. No, uh, so <laughs> rabid uh, weasels. Yeah. Um, so then that's when Cliven starts to put two and two together and, and then Evan's like, yeah, well, cause with all this business going on, he's like, they never got to her body. So her brain was like basically saying, yeah, you know, all this, like there's uh, the things going on that have brains still that are now getting, becoming alive and eating people. He's like, yeah. You know, like it's 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 an interesting way of saying it. And then because even at one point, Cliven before he starts like before he finds out, he's like, "These people are going to witness you put a bullet in my head." And then Evans like, "Why would I do something like that?" It's like he's still it's he, he's already he he's already given up his principles. But there's that last thing of like, I'm not going to give you the satisfaction of shooting you because then you know like whatever. So he's like, so what happens is they put the sack in, in the, the cell and they let it open and we see a hand come out when there's another spot of color. It's red. It's uh, a ring. It's a ring. And then, um, as she's like making her way out, um, someone asks like, uh, asks Evan like, well, what made you change your mind? He's like, well, you know, basically I forget what he says, but he ends up pulling the blue scrunchie out of his pocket. Then we see on the top of the little girl, Sue's head, she had pigtails and she's missing a blue scrunchie. Yeah, and he just then right then Evan just knew that, you know, Clive Cliven did this, right. you know, and that's we, all the evidence he needed. Yeah, it, and yeah. judgment has been passed, and now we have Sue, the little the little deceased girl, come back, and she has this like flashback. We see through her eyes for a moment. She looks at Cliven, and she instantly goes back to the moments when she's in the car being driven by Cliven. When she's in the room and Cliven is there and we see a knife and now she looks back at Cliven. She sees her hands. She sees him and just she has this like pissed off look in her face like, oh, it was you. Yeah, you're you're the reason I'm like this. And she sees the dirt on her hands that she knows he's the reason. Yeah, and the way also like the way they do it, where like she's crawling towards him, like you, it looks like her legs aren't working, so we don't even know what he did to her. But right. it's like she's making his way towards him, and he's you know screaming and, ter- and terrified, and the whole town, like what, not the whole town, but those people there are watching. And yeah, he gets he gets his uh his just punishment, and like that's where like and so the the end of the episode is them all leaving the station, and you hear more of like the police stuff. Like, well, that's not the police; it's the the day after footage. Yeah, of, it's the like, next morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're um, dead. They're all messed up. Yeah, but we get them. They're like, oh, time to go get the mayor too. And, the, and Evan's like, yes, because he even said something about like if this is the end of the world. Oh, what was his line? Like, you know, maybe we don't deserve to be here or something. Or maybe like you know something basically like his his. Um, his principles have changed. He's like, well, if this is if this is the end, yeah, maybe we don't deserve to be here anyway, and right. something to that effect. And it's like he's now of the mentality of like, you know, we can still meet her justice. It's now changed, so they're now going to go out and find the, the mayor now, and that's how um, the city of Monroeville, you know, is going to start dealing with uh, with their uh, you know their issues while the zombie apocalypse is happening. Or private and, justice, yeah, yeah, right, zombie justice. Um, so. Yeah, I, I liked this segment a great deal. I thought this was really well done. 
I, I think I, I liked it. I, I think there were some uh, really interesting things going on in it. Uh, I mean, there are definitely some questions of like, well, would somebody actually do that? Like, Cliven's in the cell with a little girl that is crawling at him. Maybe you, I don't know, kick the shit out of the little girl. I I, I don't know. That sounds really weird. And don't isolate that. <laughs> uh, but like, it's a dead zombie. But whatever. The, the zombie's coming at him. Defend yourself. Maybe. Defend yourself. I don't know. But like at the same point, you see in the original film, 86 or 68, where the mother is being attacked by her daughter and she just falls and is frantic. So it's also a question of like what your mind will do to you to, you know, just kind of dismantle your sanity. Yeah. No, I just I dug this because it um, I, I what I I. I've had, you know, we're now wrapping up the season, season three of Creep Show, and it's been fun. Like, it's been different. It's it's been a different conversation than what we had had with the Twilight Zone because, again, um, you know, some of that stuff we've been able, it's been able to marinate for fifty plus years, and you know, there's different elements to get into with that. And with this, these these are you know, current people making current things, right? And with them, I think with the series, they've had a hard time balancing. Um, reference and nostalgia with um, original storytelling. Right. Um, and I think this actually walks the line quite good. Um, and I think that's credit to Heather and Campbell because she's written, I mean, she wrote for the twilight zone. Like she's, you know, she, I think she understands this kind of anthology format and also like having the shadow of Rod Serling over your shoulder as you're writing segments for the twilight zone. That has to be, you know, you know, I don't know. That's be, I'd be stressed, you know? Uh, but, I think that she understood that. I also think that you can see that she has a great love of Romero and his work, which we've seen Romero referenced even last week as his little, like, you know, photo of him with the mayor and that, that's the animated segment. And then we saw his name like brought up like and his star, his walk of fame star and uh, skeletons in the closet. Skeletons in the closet is the worst, the worst possible example of reference and storytelling. This I think is like one of the better examples of ref- like reverence and storytelling, you know, where it's yeah. like, like, did I need some mini shots of the TV footage from Night of the Living Dead? Probably not, but it wasn't like they, I don't know, it isn't like they made a reference to like, hey, did you hear about that stuff that happened at that farmhouse? That was weird, you know, whatever it was, you know, like, you know, anybody see Barbara? Like it is like you don't have like that stuff going on. Thankfully, you know, right? Like, and I don't think there was any lines in this that were direct lines from the movie outside of the newsreels that were directly from the movie. I, I mean, I've I've watched that movie so many times. I didn't hear anything that was uh, close to that. I, the only th- the only thing that is kind of a bummer is that I mean, I know Greg Nicotero loves George Romero, and I love I, I know that he loves being a part of that universe. This is the second time that we have a, a such a close relationship to Night of the Living Dead because Night of the Living Late Show the fi- uh, the final episode of season 2 was that connective tissue as well. He yeah, gets- a little bit you're right. You're right. Yeah, cuz the end of that ends up in Night of the Living yeah, Dead. That's true, yeah. yeah Spoiler. So- I still think that segment was actually a lot of fun too. I just It's, ju- it's great, but yeah. it's like but yeah. we can't just keep on going back like I mean Romero didn't. Romero and King did not do that for their installments of Creepshow. Let's have standalone stories. If you want to pay homage to to the creators, to that, perfect. Do yeah, that. And, and even if you want to go a step further, too, like I agree. I agree with what you're saying. I think that's great. Um, and I think something like this is it, it, it's diminishing returns, right? So I'd agree with that. 
Um, I just think that if this wasn't as smartly put together as it was, I think I would have been pissed at it the entire time. There, there's a Stephen King short story that he wrote for um, a Romero dead com- like, um, compa- compendium of like people wrote different short stories in the dead universe. Okay. And he has a short story called Home Delivery that is about a woman who's actually give, like pregnant and giving birth during the initial whatever this is, but it's on a small island community in New England. And it talks about how the townsfolk were dealing with this and how also like with her, you know, having to give birth at home. And like, you know, I think as right after that happens, like her, um, her husband or whoever it was that was the father who was dead comes back. And it's like her, you know, it's, it's a messed up story. And it's like, if you like, you could maybe pick that one because it's the intersection of King and of writing for Romero. Like, but again, you know, there's plenty of, like we talked about, there's plenty of other, um, areas to mine. Like we don't have to stay like <sighs> Romero's film output isn't as significant as we'd hoped it would have been. I'm sure. Right. Like, um, and unfortunately a lot of times he got stuck in a certain lane because people weren't willing to fund him doing other things. Yeah. So and that, that was a, yeah. the big detriment to him because he, <sighs> I mean, he wanted to do big budget, but he couldn't live within those lanes of not being able to have big budget. And when he finally got big budget, he was already typecasted to be the guy who does zombie films. Yeah. So, and it's a, it, it was a really disappointing because he was able to do things outside of those barriers that was wonderful. I mean, I like a lot of uh, Romero stuff. And there's a reason people make references that this this thing is still going. I mean, third season, hopefully, fingers crossed, we get more seasons. He was a wonderful guy, and he was a great storyteller. So, and, you know, like, I, I mean, I enjoyed this ep- this segment of the uh, of the episode. And I think it, it works perfectly for what it is. Mm-hmm. I just think also, too, if you go into this and have never seen Night of the Living Dead, you wouldn't even think about it. Right, you know, which I think is also another. It, it can stand alone, and, and it's that. That's also a good sign of you're able to tell a story if you still want to operate within that, but also walk out of it with like, oh, I didn't even know that was relation to the movie. Like you, that's cool. Like I think that's actually really effective. I think that's a good. That's a good. Uh, like letting you know that like that they understand. Like this could have just been its own thing, but to hang it to hang it on Night of the Living Dead does give it that um, little bit of recognition but also gives a little bit of like, if you're going to step up the plate with like, with some commentary, you better, you better match it. And I think that this, I don't know, like I, I thought this worked pretty well. This also, I mean, as much as you're saying they shouldn't go to the well of Night of the Living Dead or like, or just like zombie Romero. I agree with that completely. Um, I, you know, I just, I do also think this shows that the series can expand and go a little bit different too. Yeah, for sure. That's good. Right. So, yeah. Um, all right. So I, I don't know. I got nothing else here. What, do you have anything else? No. Let's okay. rate that to us. All right. Here we go. With the segment called A Dead Girl Named Sue, um, and they kept talking about like you know what Cliven did, and we quickly realized this was in a Romero universe, I knew we were going to see A Dead Girl Named Sue. So I'm going to give that a one. I'm going to give it a one as well. Doesn't affect my enjoyment of the segment. It's just in terms of like uh, expected storytelling. I dug it. I just, what I wasn't expecting, I guess, was the way that the, the pieces came together because that was quite good. So, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. interesting. So I, I know that we uh, typically do uh, like a season wrap up of things in that. Okay. Quickly, what would, what was your favorite like three segments of, of oh. this? Because there's 12 segments. Yeah. 
And um, I, I mean, I I didn't take notes, but you know, I, I'll 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 lead off here. I like in no particular order here. The last Subaraya, okay. I thought I thought that was really fun. Um, I liked Time Out a lot, and if I had to have a gun in my head, uh, <laughs> probably probably f- Mums. Probably mums. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what do we got here? Uh, here. I know I put you on a spot. No, 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 no. I should have thought because we normally do this. So I should have thought about that. Um, I I know that you and I disagreed on it. I, I like Stranger Things in terms of it just being different. I thought the comedy worked for me. Okay. Um, I'm not saying it was a perfect segment, but that was not something I was expecting from Creepshow. Uh, Time Out was quite good. Um, and then... Um, I guess I'm going to go with uh, a dead girl named Sue just because I went in not expecting much and just um, the storytelling was really good. And again, it was able to be Creepshow and Night of Living Dead and its own thing. So there and, you go. And I guess I, I'll only pick one because I don't want to shit on like... Oh, I have two. a couple. If I want to talk about terrible <laughs> ones, it's fine. No, um. uh, all right. So if we want to take like three bottoms, sure. I mean, uh, I did not like Queen Bee at all. Yeah. I did not like Skeletons in the Closet at all and okay i'll bite no no i won't i won't do that one uh meter reader yeah yeah definitely meter reader yep yep so i mean i will agree with you on um skeletons in the closet like if there's a three if i could slot that three times no i just that is one of the worst pieces of television i've seen in forever so it it's It's, like it's it's like going to go up there with like the bard of like do not talk to me about this please it's really junky yeah it's uh, just just absolute garbage and then um like i will go with um the things in Oakwood's past wasn't bad, but I just I felt like its budget betrayed itself even for being animated. Yeah, so I didn't, I, that was frustrating to me because of what it could have been. Um, but like, I, and then I'll say uh, meter reader just because like it just I don't know. You promised me one thing, not not that I can't change expectations. You go along, but it's like where were you going the entire time with that? It's like again, I want to go back to my opinion of it. The guy I wrote that loves Demon Knight. Let's just go watch Demon Knight. That's what I'll say. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Now the other six segments. I'm <laughs> no, that's what, yeah. it, it, it was a fun ride. Um, I'm glad we're done with it. I'm glad to get to something else because like you're saying, like there is, there is an amount of sweetness to this that maybe now it's oversaturation and we need to drink some milk and move on to the next thing. Yeah. I mean, especially considering I just made a comment about like overindulging in candy. I feel like that's kind of where we ended up at with, with this where it's like it is I, I think creep shows fun and uh, and and fun size portions right and considering that I was catching up to like and this is nothing I shouldn't hold my my failure to have watched the series up to this point against the season because that's not fair however I was catching up and I did finish the rest of season one and I'm I finished season two the only thing I have left is the Christmas special and I thought I might just hold off on that so I you know I've had a lot of stuff to kind of process and think about and digest and it's like yeah, I think I got I think I got a little too much candy um, in terms of like, yeah, I, Halloween's over. Like all that's left is Necco wafers and Laffy Taffy, and that's I don't want any of that. You know, <laughs> like um, so. It, 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 yeah, it, I'm glad that uh, you know it's gone this far, and hopefully, fingers crossed. Like I said, that they can do another season. Yeah, maybe, absolutely. Maybe get some other storylines out there. Get some other like really heartfelt like p 
people put their heart and soul into something out there because I think that or, sometimes or their they head, do. their lungs, and their spine. <laughs> <laughs> Blood, guts, yeah, and yeah. tears. Yeah, and just to, they just put their floating head and, and um, lungs. Yeah. Now I just um, yeah I, I think this this series is a little a little wobbly in yeah. terms. But again, we also we talked about the, the original Twilight Zone series, and that was 156 episodes, I think, total. Like I always get 56 or 65 split up my head, but 156. Yeah, a lot of episodes, right? So you had a lot more time to get through the great, the okay, and not so great. Here, the sample size is a lot smaller, so it's it's a lot. It's easier to say the tone, and this is like it's all over the place. It's like yeah, our sample size is now like what it is, um, like less than 20 episodes still, right? Yeah. So like we're. Um, the, whatever. I, I do hope they keep doing this because again, we need more anthology horror and I think creep shows a fun idea. And if we end up getting things, you know, like I just, it's worth it. So, and, and yeah. if you guys have been able to power through these episodes, I know they're a little longer in that because we have two storylines that we have to talk about. Now we got to give them all their, do, their, their due, um, especially talking about multiple actors and that, Thank you for listening. Usually it's not formatted this way, so we'll we'll be a little bit more tighter. Well, I don't know if that thing we're going to figure out because the formatting of the 80s Twilight Zone is a little weird. Oh, so that's we, true. Yeah, yeah so we'll, is there three uh, stories in some, some of those episodes? Some of those, right? Yeah. So we're gonna, it's oh. going to be odd. But whatever. I mean, the show will change according to what we need to do, and that's fine. Um, but yeah, so yeah, this isn't... Yeah, think think of it as like if you're like, oh, I'm going to watch part of that episode and listen to half the podcast, split it down the middle. It's almost almost exactly right down the middle sometimes. So yep. whatever. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. It's been a lot of fun. Um, and so but before we talk about what we're doing next, uh, you guys can find us on Facebook at Strange Highways. You guys can email us directly at strangehighwayspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us. That'd be great. And Terry, how can people find us otherwise? We're on Instagram. I don't know if you guys know that. <laughs> Might want to check it out. Yeah, if you're, not, if you're not really into the social media so much, maybe maybe Facebook isn't your thing. <laughs> I just, I mean, um, I I know I know we have an Instagram, and I know I get emails saying that there's messages, and I'm like, I just, I it's not not old man yells at cloud. I just don't understand. Like, <laughs> I, the people people love it, and I think I think it's cool. It's just like. I don't understand like why that exists versus Facebook. I don't understand. I just, I don't, but people sometimes prefer it because you don't have to get so heavy into like commenting on stuff. That's cool. Like whatever, whatever floats your boat. That's fine. I just, you know, Terry's man on that ship. Um, I'm, I'm on the Friendster and the MySpace page manning that. And that's not Friendster. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm on the LinkedIn page for strange highways. I'm working that. No. Uh, yeah. So if, if, if you're, it can check us out on there. If you're not really a Facebook guy or gal, check us out like, on there. Like we used to have a Twitter. We still have a Twitter, but it's like, I never use it. Cause it was really hard to be like watching 60 year old episodes of the twilight. So it's like, how do you, like, how do you engage like with that? It's like, Hey guys, did you know this person's dead? You know, like I don't, I didn't know what to really get into. So it was really, it was tough. But so, um, before we, again, before we talk about what we're doing next, but yes, please, if you like this conversation, you like what we're talking about, uh, um, you know, share, let other people know the more, the merrier um, it's suggestions for things yeah. that we should cover in the future. I mean, cause we're primarily a twilight zone, uh, podcast, but we are anthology at the heart of this. Yeah. I had, um, I had, uh, a, um, a friend of mine's wife reach out to me who I had not actually talked to. And she actually messaged me directly cause she started the show oh, from nice. the beginning and um, we're getting one yeah we're one more right because he, he recommended it uh jeff uh jeff of the uh skewed universe podcast recommended it to his wife because she works night times hmm. and what she ended up saying here was uh what was it the, um 
she said, I, um, usually I watch the clock all night. Uh, but tonight I couldn't remember if I had only one taken one or both of my breaks. So either that's either we're doing a really good job or I just bored her to where she fell asleep during part of her job and didn't realize it. I'm kidding, <laughs> but no, but she was being really sweet and was like, you know, reached out and said, she like, really and share, like, yeah. and share, yeah, right. like, and share, like, and share. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Google globo one yeah, of yeah. us. So, so yeah, that was really nice to, to get that, um, compliment. So I, I do appreciate that. So, um, all right. So I was, I was cheating on Terry recently and went on a couple, yep. I went on a couple of different things, uh, without him, uh, recently at the devil's ball had a two part Halloween special. You guys can check that out. I was on the second part for like 20 minutes in the back end. So. Great guys there. Yes, absolutely. The Samuel and Nathaniel do a good job over there. They're just recently released episode about the exorcist, the original. So if you guys proud still of them want, guys, if you still want more spooky stuff, go there, check that out. That's at the devil's ball. And then also I, uh, had made an appearance with my other podcast husband, Steve from invasion of the podcast. We were invited on cheating bitch. Right. That's me. Um, I, uh, that's, you know, I just, I go where the money goes. No, that's not true at all. Um, so, uh, I, uh, we were on talk without rhythm. Uh, that is a podcast we've mentioned here before. El Goro is an amazing host. He was wrapping up his 31 days of Halloween in which he watches uh, 31 horror films, one a day that he had never seen before and talks about it on his podcast for like 20 minutes or whatever. Great show. podcast. And then he, he also, does a hell of a job. Oh my God. Usually does it by himself too. Blows I can't imagine. Mind. Nope. Um, and he does normal shows each Sunday where he covers two films, right? So he invited us on to talk about um, uh, Murder Party and uh, Terrifier. So if you guys uh, would be so kind as to check that out. It give is him ep- some love. Yeah, yeah give them oh, some love. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, he, he's a, a, a very insightful, very intelligent dude. And I love I love listening to his 31 Days of Halloween it's especially. It gets me it peaked. Yeah. You know, I want to check out more of the stuff. He does a great job, man. Yeah. So it was uh, episode 593, uh, Murder Party and Terrifier. Uh, it does go a little long because we uh, it was four of us. It was Steve, myself, El Goro, and Dynamo Mars of the Deadites, formerly of Trick or Treat Radio. And we just all were drinking and talking and having a good time. So if you want to hear me swear some more because F-bombs will flow there, go check that out. So that's enough pimping of me and stuff that I was doing. What we're doing next is we're taking a week off because... We need to, because it's been, you know, we need a week off. Like, I hope you guys understand. I need, <laughs> I need to finish off some Halloween candy. Yeah. I, I um, feel depressed about myself for a week. Yeah. Um, you know, so we're just taking a week off. But the, but after that, we're going to get into a film we've been talking about for a bit. It's been circling for a while. It is uh, 1975's The Devil's Reign. Everything I heard about this movie is supposed to be batshit crazy. It's available on Shutter right now to watch. Um, I bought the Blu-ray recently. I, this gives me a good excuse to open up and watch it. You got your uh, Bill Shatner. You got your Ernest Borgnine. John Travolta. Tom Skerritt. Oh, my goodness. Who, Ida Lupino, who we talked about as the yes, director of The Masks and yeah. in the 16mm Shrine. And Keenan Wynn. Oh, my. There's all sorts of Twilight Zone stuff here we're going to get into. This is going to be a lot of fun. Dude, I'm ready to get weird again, dude. Yeah. It's going to be wild. Yeah. So I hope you guys join us for that. So in the meantime, have a, have a good two weeks. Uh, finish off that candy and um, um, I don't know like um, I, I just don't be so hungry that you cause your head to leave your body and float around and kill people that's all I got get yourself some Pepto
tell if you're kidding or not there, comrade. I tell you what. You start talking about guillotines and you got my vote, man, 100%. Simple as that. Now, you have a good evening, sir. 